Hi, I'm George Tekmichev with the Easton Target Archery Podcast, and it is really a great pleasure to welcome my special guest, the national head coach of uh, the USA Archery Olympic Archery Training Program, uh, the former head coach of the Korean Olympic team, the former head coach of Australia, coach of 2000 gold medalist Simon Fairweather and 2004 bronze medalist Tim Cudahy, a man who's done a lot of work with Brady Ellison and his success, it is none other than Coach Kiseek Lee. Coach, I want to thank you very much for taking the time today for uh, joining us uh, on the podcast. Our listeners are uh, always interested in what you have to say, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Hi, George. Hey, everyone. Nice talking to you guys. So, Coach, um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today is this new program from USA yep. Archery. Um, okay. Actually, two new programs, really, for 2022. Um, there's a number of high performance programs in the past. We've mm -hmm. had JDT and of course yep. the RA program. Um, yep. then you developed the red program, the regional mm -hmm. program, the regional elite development program. That's where red comes yep. from. And that was uh, designed for recurve shooters who are trying to be internationally competitive. This new yep. program that's been announced is the national elite development program and the same program for under 18s. So can you tell us um, what is the scope of the program? What is the goal here? Okay, thank you for the question. Actually, yes, we had uh, two very intense high performance program within USA Archery the previous years. That is the JDT, Junior Dream Team, and Legend Athlete Program. But since uh, two years ago, the JDT program is disappeared. Now we replaced to uh, LED, regional elite, the program, which is more camp-based regionally, and RA program. That was a two existed program until last year. However, since we learned from the Tokyo, as well as the Junior World Championship last year, and I felt bit urgency as a national head coach. Said the reason why I brought another idea that the national elite program. A stepping a, stone, uh, shall we say, between the regional and national team levels. That is true. So regional elite program is just more camp-based regionally. However, this national elite program is the in-between RA program and red team program. So it's not necessary their level is in the middle, but however, we want to share the high performance resource to that the particular the national elite program uh, people, which is very small numbers, but still we can more dragging them to quickly possible to up to level. So, so with, with the two yes, programs, you've got the national elite development program and the one for under 18s. Let's talk about the first one. This is for any NAA athlete, excuse me, USA archery athlete. <laughs> I, I go back a ways, coach. Sorry. It, old habits <laughs> die hard. Um, <laughs> for anybody over the age of 18 who's currently in a collegiate program or who is maybe somebody like um, Tom Stanwood comes to mind, right? A guy who's got a career. Yep. He's a lawyer, yep. but he's yep. pursuing archery at a high level, trying to be internationally Absolutely. competitive and has been. So a guy like, like um, Mr. Stanwood or somebody, uh, even somebody like, um, someone just below the national team level right now who's on a competitive uh, basis Absolutely. Absolutely. could be selected for this. 
Of course, of course. That's why I targeting two groups within national elite program. The one under 21, which is junior and cadet, <clears throat> and second one will be national elite program is for senior. So that senior program actually cover up for college students as well as like the high level of senior archers. Yeah, working adults, let's say. Yes, absolutely. So we cover up with the small numbers, but we can give them the opportunity to training uh, more intensely through this program to get to the, uh, the world level. There will be eight archers selected for that higher level program, and they'll have at least one week of training available minimum at the Easton Training Center in Chula Vista. And they'll also That's get correct. support from the uh, national coaching staff, including yourself. That is that is true. Yeah, that <clears throat> so more, this program is more likely they talk working closely with the national coaches, and especially I want to drive this program more like more you know like RA program. Right. So then For they they can get the benefit to come to the camps, right, and with a minimal cost, and that's with the under. Yeah. With the under 18 program, you're looking at a, a bigger number of shooters, potentially uh, 16 archers. Um, and that is more camp based, right? You're going to have three that camps. Is, yeah, that people. is true. Like more closely, like uh, the JDT program we had before, but this is eight and eight, the boys and girls, the total 16s. We haven't selected everyone yet because this program is so new. It's not familiar for everyone yet. So that we selected the, the portion, half portion of the numbers, but still the gate is open. So we're gonna, we expecting more the good archers will join this program by this year. Great. What are the uh, selection criteria? Is it a matter of somebody applying or is it a matter of the we coaches recruiting kind of or a, combination? Yeah, we have a kind of a simple, uh, criteria for the trial that is like we counting 30% of a national ranking system and also 30% of their uh, qualified scores as well as 40% of a potential base which means the quote national coach can give the, the points for them to select it. Okay, so uh, recommendations from your coaching team as well as your own observations plus the objective numbers like yes, scoring right. and placement yep. and that applies for both of those programs for both the over uh, over 21s or over 18s and the under 18 program that is true that is correct you know one of the things coach that i've noticed um and i've commented on in the past and you and i've had this conversation is that for a long time we have been um lacking a little bit of um a stepping stone from the regional mm -hmm. level to the higher mm -hmm. level. We used to have, um, originally it was the uh, National Sports Festival and later that became the US Olympic Festival back in the 1990s mm -hmm. um, and into the very early 2000s. We had an opportunity uh, to be selected from regional trials to represent our region at this big event that the USOC used to put on. Um, it gave us a very good basis for performance from the standpoint of uh, giving us a goal. Now, with JDT in the past, and now with this program, I, I personally see this as an opportunity 
commensurate it with what we had with that Olympic Festival program that we had in the past. Someplace in between that gives you a taste for higher level competition, um, but also I think does more because you're giving custom training plans and online support for these shooters as well, aren't you? Right, right. So I, I totally love to see, to have that kind of Olympic festival tournaments and more resource we could give out to the, our member as a high performance program, which will be great. But however, you know, the world is tight and financially and also athlete getting older, they need to work at the home base and they have their life as marriage everything. So that reason why we could not get everyone one places. However, if you have this kind of resource available and people actually can achieve their dream, if they're really willing to get to the that level and we need something to set to provide any program for them to achieve their goal. So you know, this is the reason why we're doing this. With all the difficulty of the past couple of years, one silver lining in the cloud has been that just about everybody um, who has access to the internet now has access to virtual coaching. And I believe that that is a component of what you're offering here, right? Yep, yeah, actually last night I had uh, <clears throat> the first uh, session, the virtual the session with the all red team plus new uh, national elected program the athlete and coaches, they came into the my presentation last night and we had a one and a half hour together. So this is a great tool. Actually, virtually you can actually share and doing this kind of activities. So we doing we doing that as well. That's very important because I think that, uh, you know, travel, especially now with uh, what's going on with gas prices and things, travel is going to be more expensive and more difficult for some people. So having these opportunities, I think, is is really uh, important and impactful from the standpoint of being able to work with people who can't necessarily get to Chula Vista regularly, but mm. can still benefit from observations and you know shared training plans. That's the most important thing that I think um, that we didn't get from that structure uh, until you were on national team. You really didn't get an organized training plan. You know, my mm. first USAT was in 1994. And that's the first time that I had an actual structured training program. And I think that uh, that makes an enormous difference for athletes, doesn't it? Yeah, I totally agree with you that. And because of pandemic, we actually developing this kind of a virtual meeting, session, training, uh, even even camp, whatever, you know, it's not necessary. You, you need to be physically one place together but this virtual meeting is because of the pandemic. But now we see kind of beneficial. If you do this kind of virtual meeting, actually you can cut down a lot of cost for everyone. So the reason why not only that's this kind of a training camp, but also the coach educations we already used last two years with the virtual sessions for the level four course. And actually it works. And some, you know, it's very unfortunate. We cannot face to face each other. However, with these virtual sessions, actually I see some other beneficial because of that. 
So we, we are doing these things right now. One thing that, uh, shifting gears a little bit, with the season coming up, I uh, have seen an explosion of uh, registrations and interest for events. Uh, Arizona Cup has a waiting list of something on the order of 150 people. If the venue allowed the space, you could have had 850 shooters there. It's pushing 700 as it is right now. Numbers that are mind-boggling uh, from the standpoint of just a few years ago. What do you think is happening from the standpoint of excitement about target archery that's driving so many people to uh, register for these events? I think most like because of we, the U.S. actually have more membership than the previous 10 years ago, right? We only have yeah. a couple of thousands, but now it's a couple of the 10,000 people we're counting. So that reason why having more the participant for the tournaments. So definitely we need a more the bigger organization as well as more people to work on the competition and more wide venue and more people so that we can more accept the members to compete. So yeah, this so is you, a great opportunity. Yeah, it's a really good opportunity because it, it develops momentum, right? I mean, once you have a critical mass of people, which is what you just alluded to, um, it, it needs to grow in terms of the support that is the standpoint of local clubs all the way up to people putting on USAT events to be able to sustain that interest and not create um, a high level of churn or turnover that, that some organizations see when they grow quickly like this. Um, there are a lot of events in the season uh, up ahead, not just Arizona Cup, but also Gator Cup and SoCal Shootout and all that sort of thing. But um, just shifting back to, to your wheelhouse, goals for the USA team for this season uh, are set pretty much in advance. Uh, can you share with us some of the goals that you have uh, and your team have set for the upcoming year? So this year, actually, uh, we missed the one year preparation for the next uh, game, 2024, because of uh, postponed the Tokyo games yes. for last year. So that now this year, uh, my goal is just uh, more uh, prepare the more archers, means people who actually can compete internationally successfully. So that reason why for my RA program and this year, I really focus on, you know, be prepared, be ready for the Olympic trial next year. Yeah. So that way we will be ready for the, the 2024 through the trial process next year. Yeah, just to remind everybody, we are in an unprecedented situation. Nothing like this has ever happened before where you really only had three years, which really means two, to prepare for the next Olympic cycle. Um, and I think that we have an interesting phenomenon developing, Coach. We're seeing more and more high-level young shooters. Any thoughts about um, what that bodes for our Paris team? Do you think we'll see some uh, of the same faces or do you think we'll see all new faces? What's your, what does your uh, um, experience tell you? I think definitely like, you know, the 30, 40% or 50% for female side could be changed the face for the next game. It's because if you are only keep going with the same person to the next game means we do not have a high post program. 
But if, you, if organization points, if we have a high performance program and with the membership in the right program, definitely we need to develop more young people and new faces for the next game as well. So that I'm expecting minimum 30 to 50% will change the face for the next game. Yeah, I would share that. I think that that is, uh, I think that's probably quite accurate um, just based on history. Right now, um, you and I didn't talk about this before, so forgive me for dropping something in that we uh, that we weren't anticipating discussing. But I, I it occurs to me to bring this up. Korean team uh, is holding its national trials right now. Some very big scores coming out of there. Um, oh Jin Hyuk just dropped something like a six eighty something in the wind. So when you see that kind of score from guys like him, you know, been around for a long time, plus some of the newer shooters yep. they have. The numbers are are a little bit, um, you know, just looking at it from my perspective, you look at the numbers coming out of the Korean team, the scores, and you right. go, wow, we, you know, everybody needs to step it up, not just the U.S., but everybody. Um, it's true. Yeah. Do you use those examples as goal setting um, opportunities? Absolutely. I shared already this kind of a score with my team and how, what they do, because this is their the annual annual process to select the national squad for next year. Yeah. Actually this year, right? Right. And, but every time they do this kind of process for the year, every year, which means maybe score-wide is not really higher than before, but as you can see that all the time, you know, more than 20 people can shoot 670 for the men, right? Right. And 30 people, 660 plus, that is the actually encourage, encourage people as us to see the set the goal. Okay, this is the what the Korean archer shooting, which means, you know, that's encourage our archers to, to look at the more open box, you know, outside of box. Okay, this is what they doing than what, where we are right now, right? So I shared already that score. The, unfortunately, they cannot read the Korean name I was busy to translate the name to English for yes. everyone, but you know, always we using that. But you can sur- you can sure see the numbers, regardless of whether you can identify who the shooter is, and um, you know, it does certainly set a benchmark as they have it in the past. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what what uh, strategies are you using to try to get people comfortable with those higher level scores? Actually, you know, people who we have in United States, I do not believe that score is unachievable or some people already shooting that score. Like, you know, top level archer as a USA, the team member already can shoot that score. Yeah, certainly. However, We're seeing Brady and Jack, yeah, but we don't have absolutely. 30 people. We don't have 30 people that can shoot that kind of score. No, that's no, no. that's, that's the a, difference. Yeah, that's the, that's the difference. But you know also different system in between Korea yeah, absolutely. and USA, right? Yeah, not so, to mention uh, funding. I mean, that's a big difference no, too. No, it's not. I'm not talking about funding, but, you know, the, how they develop the people, professional archers there. Yes, except, yes. You know, except that systems, I believe the USA is the second country have that many over 660 plus people in our squad compared to any other country. Which is that I actually, when I report presentation to World Archery last year in Yankton, I realized that we have more people 
could shoot over 660 than any other country except Korea. Yeah, I believe you're correct. So we are on track. We are on track, but you know, just we need to, you know, provide more resources. People can training, and also I think motivation is no issues. But just you know, now coming back to the funding, you know, how we can support them to training more than what they can do. Yeah, and you know. USA Archery has made some advancements. Uh, Rod Menzer hired Logan Wild to do uh, fundraising for USA Archery, and I believe he's been pretty successful so far working on that. Mm -hmm. um, it would be nice to have that sort of $10 million level sponsor like, like <laughs> you know, like Korea has from Hyundai. But, yeah. uh, you know, that's that's hard to find. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. with, with that said, though, it isn't just money. You've got to have the right uh, coaching, the right equipment, and the right uh, place to shoot. And you have one of the finest training venues in the world in Chula absolutely, Vista. Absolutely. We have a, you know, we have a, that kind of, a, you know, core, the sport from the, not only our organization, but also especially Eastern Hoyt. I think this is great, you know, the helping the, our high performance program to maintaining or moving on for the next level without this sport is not possible. Yeah, it's come a long way from when I was an RA in San Diego and it was an open field in a garage. It certainly has improved. <laughs> yep, I, I remember that. <laughs> yep. Well, Coach, I, uh, I want to thank you for taking the time no today problem. to uh, join us and uh, wish you all the best and the team all the best as you set your goals and try to achieve them in this upcoming season. We are very fortunate to be back, um, able to go to events, uh, after the last two years, I think, if nothing else, I've learned some appreciation for what we uh, are able to do now versus where we were two years ago or a year ago. I totally agree, George. Thank you very much for having me for today. Thank you. Well, with just uh, two years to go until the Olympic Games, the French Archery Federation, which is counting on a good performance in Paris, has uh, made some major moves to try to improve their coaching. Oh Seon Tech, who was in charge of the Korean team for the 2018 Asian Games and has coached in 2000 and 2012 Olympic Games, is now going to be taking on the preparation for France for Paris 2024. Uh, Seon Tech recently retired from managing the uh, LH professional team, one of the successful professional teams in Korea, uh, the team of the 2016 Olympic champion Chang Hai-jin. Um, he apparently had received coaching offers from around the world, but he's got some relationships in France, and he felt that uh, INSEP, the High Performance Training Center in Paris, uh, where I've trained a bit, uh, was the right fit. So, big change for France for the 2024 Olympic Games. In our discussion with Coach Lee, we did talk about the uh, situation with the Korean team. Now, you know... Honestly, that is probably one of the toughest, if not the toughest, uh, selection events around the world. The trials took place in Guangzhou, the same field that will host the qualification and the eliminations for the second stage of the Archery World Cup this year uh, in the month of May. This uh, week-long event has just wrapped up, but back on uh, last Wednesday, the 23rd of March, the roster was cut in half and a number of very famous archers uh, missed the cut. Jang Min-hee, the winner of the 2021 World Archery Championship, 
missed the cut. Um, cut to 16, uh, she was 18th at that point. The 2012 Olympic champion, Kibo Bay, who lives uh, in Kwangju, uh, she shoots for the city's professional team. She came up short there. Former world number one, Kang Che Young, and the reigning Olympic champion, Ann San, were the leaders for the women. Kim Woo Jin, Kim Jidok, the young guy that we all saw in Tokyo, and the legend, Oh Jin Hyuk, who is still uh, refusing to retire, thankfully, uh, head up the recurve men's list. So after the 28 archers were cut down, here is what happened in Korea. Three-time and reigning world archery champion Kim Woo Jin, former world number one Kang the Destroyer, Che Young, and the legendary Oh Jin Hyuk, are on the list who will live and train at the Jincheon National Training Center in Korea over this next year. Kim Woo Jin had a commanding lead over the recurve men. He clearly was the number one shooter. And after last year's Olympics in Tokyo and the World Championships and getting married, he says, he felt a little pressure going into this year, but he performed better than he expected. The Korean national team consists of eight recurve archers and now six compound archers. That's two more in each gender than before. This is the biggest ever squad for Korea ever, uh, and they're doing that ahead of this September's Asian Games, which will have a full competition program. Korea has also started a youth compound development program modeled after their successful recurve program. So this is going to be very interesting to see whether the techniques that Korea has applied successfully to recurve give them the kind of domination in compound that they are looking for. Now, the team that will compete for the Asian Games and for the Hyundai Archery World Cup will be chosen after more trials events that are going to take place next month, in the month of April. But those trials will take place without the Rio 2016 champion, Chang Hai-jin. She had an uphill battle but missed out, finished 14th, out of the last uh, 16 recurve women in contention now, as I mentioned, there's a cut to eight. So, unfortunately, Chang Hai-jin will not be on the national team. We believe that she will continue to shoot um, on a corporate team. Choi Misun, however, who won Olympic team gold with Chang Hai-jin in Brazil, did climb high enough in the rankings to make it. And she was the bottom-ranked archer to survive the cut to 16 a few days ago. But she finished first in competition on the next-to-last day and third on the last day to overcome that uh, slow start and finish fifth to make the team. And 40-year-old Oh Jin Hyuk, who's acting as both a coach and an archer for his professional team, Shundai Steel, is not giving in to his continuing shoulder injury. And having finished these trials a close second, it looks like we'll see him for at least one more major event for potentially the, the Asian Games. He says he feels good, so he's planning to keep going. So the Korean team for 2022 is a mix of veterans and some shooters that we have not seen on the international circuit much at all. Kim Woo Jin for the recurve men, Oh Jin Hyuk, Lee Seng Yun, Lee Woo Seok, Kim Jae Dok, Lee Seng Shin, Chang Shae Wan, and a newcomer Tak Han Woo. For the recurve women, Kang Che Yun, An San, third, another newcomer, Im Si Hyun, Lee Ga Hyun, Choi Misun, a veteran, Kim Su Rin, Jung Dasomi, and Lee Yuna, another newcomer. For the compound men, veterans Yang Jae Won, Kim Jong Ho, Choi Yong Hee, newcomer Kang Don Hyung, Kim Tai Woon, another returnee, and then another newcomer, Yoon Yong Jun. 
And for the compound women, a number of veterans, Kim Yun-hee, Son Yun-soo, So Che-won, Oh Yoo-hyun, and newcomers Hang Seon-yong and Ju Soo-ah. A powerful team from Korea, and we'll be tracking what they do as the season gets started very soon with the first of a series of international events, including the World Cup circuit. It's going to be a tough selection to see who gets to travel as members of this prestigious team. As for the upcoming World Cup, we're going to get started in just about one month with Antalya 2022, the first of the series for 2022. Uh, That'll be the 18th to 24th of April. And then Guangzhou, Korea for the uh, 16th to 22nd of May. Paris, France for the 21st through the 26th of June. And Medellin, Colombia, 18 to 24 of July. Before the finals, later in the season, quite late in the season actually, October, in Latscala, Mexico. But there's lots of other big events this season as well, of course. We've got the World Archery Field Championships in Yankton among them, as well as the Asian Para Games, the Asian Games themselves, the World Archery Youth Championships in Ireland, and much more. We've got an incredibly full calendar for the season ahead, and I think that's something we can all really be thankful for. I'm George Techmanchov. We'll see you on the podcast again soon.